Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night, United. I'm so glad you came to church tonight. Uh, We're going to get into some good things uh, from the Word of God. And, um, you know, one of the five things that the Lord told Pastor Michelle uh, concerning this year uh, that uh, were going to be very important uh, we've talked about some of those in in uh, in my time ministering. We spent. Uh, he said the walk of faith was going to be uh, necessary, going to be vital, and I spent I don't know how many weeks talking about the walk of faith, and and of course we're not done with that, uh, but we're we've kind of taken a break. Another thing that he said was that knowing the leading, we had to know the leading of the Holy Spirit with a certainty. Now, knowing the leading of the Holy Spirit has always been something that I've tried to focus on in my years of pastoring. I have, I have a lot of volumes of notes on being led by the Holy Spirit, of, of knowing His leading, knowing His voice, knowing uh, His direction. But it became even more important to me uh, here recently when the Lord spoke to me. I was in my study at home uh, preparing for uh, some services, and the Lord said to me, he said, uh, there's a generation of ministers that are coming up that know nothing about following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And he said to me, he said, uh, you're going to be responsible for teaching, and he said this, the ministers in your fellowship, how to do that. And so, uh, obviously, uh, a lot of the ministers are members as well, uh, so, you know, that's the direction that we're going to be going, uh, knowing the Holy Spirit. This is part one, knowing the Holy Spirit. I had intended uh, to teach on through the book of Romans on Wednesday night this year. and The Lord uh, changed my direction, and so we'll just follow him. Early on, <coughs> excuse me, in my ministry, I learned three things. The Lord shared with me three things that were a necessity in my life. And, and number one was I had to be able to hear from God directly in my own spirit, all right? Everybody can, everybody doesn't, but everybody can. I had to be able to be led by God directly in my own spirit. Secondly, he said you have to have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. You have to have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, he said, you must be a man of prayer. You have to be a man of prayer. And I, I have endeavored over the years to utilize those, those three points in my life. Uh, obviously, I've not been perfect, but uh, we've worked on that. Uh, to know the leading with a certainty, I have to know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit deals with every person in the same area. Uh, And I could say this, 
he deals with every person in the same way. Uh, He may adapt things to your personality. In other words, he can deal with some people more directly than others. All right, he will deal with you according to your personality. But he deals with everyone in the same area and, (coughs) excuse me, in the same way. Meaning, he deals with you directly in your spirit. All right? And so that's the area that he deals with you. Secondly, the way that he deals with you. We're going to get into that. How he deals with you. He deals with you in line with his personality. All right? The Holy Spirit has a personality. And he deals with you in line with his personality, what the Word says. Now, so we start off knowing the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, Father, Son, (coughs) and Holy Spirit. Now, I have to and we have to consistently give honor to the person of the Holy Spirit in our services, and we could say in our lives, we have to consistently give honor to the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives, all right, and in our services. One of the first things and first items on Jesus' agenda was to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit to us. If you notice in John chapter 14, verse 16, it makes this statement. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. So notice Jesus is talking about going away to his father, and he says, when I get there with my father, I'm going to pray or I'm going to ask him to send the Holy Spirit, all right? So the idea there is one of the immediate things that I'm going to do is to ask the father to send you the Holy Spirit. Now, in verse 25, Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said unto you. Now, in John 16 and verse 15, it says, All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. And I want you to notice how he refers to the Holy Spirit as he or him, not it, right? This this is important because the Holy Spirit is not just a personality. He is a person, all right? And he says that the Holy Spirit is he or him. See, the fact that he's a person means that he has a personality and he has personality traits. Uh, We won't take the time to get into all of this, but the Bible says that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. All right? It says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace, the spirit of wisdom. All right? So he has these personality traits. His presence with us is evidence, 
that he's a person. He's with us. All right? Notice, (coughs) your spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit, Jesus says, all right, is with us. He's been sent to be with us. Now, he dwells in us because he is a part of that Godhead. But he's with us. He leads us. He guides us. He directs us. John chapter 16, verse 12, it says, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. Now, this this is so powerful. Notice the verbs used concerning the Holy Spirit. Number one, he will guide. And I don't have time to get into all of the nuances of these meanings, but it's it's the idea of a tour guide. It's the idea of a guide taking you uh, on a tour, all right? He he knows where he's going. He knows where what to do to get you where you need to be. Uh, Holy Spirit knows the shortcuts. He knows the safest routes. He knows how to get you where you need to be with the the minimum delay. And and notice he has been sent to be with me and in me. And Jesus said, when he comes, he will guide you. See, the Holy Spirit right now is guiding me. The Holy Spirit is guiding you. Amen. That's a good place for you to say out loud. The Holy Spirit is guiding me. All right. See, that 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 takes the uh, that minimizes the error because the Holy Spirit is guiding me. All right. When when you get in your car and uh, for for instance, when I'm driving my pastor somewhere, uh, even if it's somewhere that I have a, a bit of knowledge about. If I've got to get him somewhere on time and get him back on time, I always set my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. I want to be sure that I know where I'm going. The Holy Spirit is that, that GPS that will assure that I get where I need to be when I need to be there, that I will hit all the points that God wants me to hit in my life because he is guiding me. The Holy Spirit's guiding me. The Holy Spirit will guide you. (coughs) Then it said that he will speak. It said he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that he will speak. Whatever he hears. Well, he's hearing it from the Godhead. He's hearing it from the Father. And whatever he hears, he will tell you. So we have an insider in the Godhead that's within us, the Holy Spirit. Whatever he hears, that's what he is going to speak. And notice what it says. Uh, Whatever he hears, that he will speak, and it says, and he will show you things to come. He'll show you things to come. He'll tell you 
things that are coming. This is so important. <coughs> Through the Holy Spirit and knowing the Holy Spirit, you can get out in front of things because he'll tell you what's coming. He'll tell you the steps to take. Now, that can sound very elementary, but, but just think about if you had knowledge of everything that was going to come your way before it happened. How prepared could you be? Brother Hagin made a statement one time. He said that in his life, that no one in his family, that there was not anything that happened to any member of his family, and I think he said right up to like first cousin that God didn't tell him about it. Whether it was sickness or a problem or danger, the Lord would deal with him about it. Well, what's the Holy Spirit doing? Showing him things to come, telling him things to come. Amen. You, you can be prepared because you have the Holy Spirit <coughs> who is God, who's already been in your future and knows your future like he knows the past and can tell you what's coming. And what I have to do is be a listener, right, and follow that leading. Glory to God. It said that he will hear and speak what he hears. So he is the voice of the Godhead to us. Now, in John 14 and 26, we read part of this earlier. But Jesus said, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. So notice, Jesus recognized him as a teacher. Jesus recognized him as a mentor. All right? The key to receiving from the Holy Spirit, because he is a teacher, he is a mentor, the key to receiving from the Holy Spirit is to recognize he's a quiet gentleman. All right? He's like any good teacher. He's not going to force something on you. The Holy Spirit will not engage us until we first position ourselves to hear his voice. <coughs> and very often you position yourself to hear his voice by putting aside your ideas and putting aside your plan and putting aside your direction and just get in his presence and say, now, Holy Spirit, this is what I had planned. What do you think that I should do? What, what's your plan? All right? And then the gentleman will speak up when he has the opportunity to have the floor. This is a key to receiving from him, is to recognize that he is a quiet gentleman. The, the book of Proverbs says that the preparation in the heart of man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So those plans, those, those arrangements that come into my heart, those are from the Lord. Now, it requires waiting on him. 
All right? It, re- it requires being in his presence. Because the Holy Spirit will come to you in the manner that you need him. If you need wisdom, he will come to you as the spirit of wisdom. If, if you need grace, he'll come to you as the spirit of grace. Whatever you need him is the manner that he will show up in. But it requires <coughs> this level of being willing to wait on him to tell me the direction. Now, in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, we see, we talked about the Holy Spirit being the third person of the Godhead. Acts 10 and 38, a familiar verse, but notice what it says. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So notice we see the Trinity. The Father anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. All right, for, for, for one common purpose, to go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So we see three distinct persons (coughs) working for a common goal. Setting at liberty all that were bound by the enemy. So the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they all work in concert. This is important because the Holy Spirit will never say something to you that the Father hasn't said. The Holy Spirit will only ever lead you in line with the Word of God. That's why we tell people consistently, when you have a, a, what you would call a leading, if it goes contrary to the Word of God, it's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads you in line with the Word of God because He works in concert with the Father and the Son. How God anointed Jesus, Father, Son, with the Holy Ghost, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, in Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3, and uh, verse 16, Matthew 3 and 16. This is a a familiar verse, but it says, Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So John baptized Jesus. The Spirit of God descended on Jesus, and the Father declared, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. All right, this this was not a trick. This was not uh, smoke and mirrors. There there are brethren uh, uh, that are of the oneness persuasion, and, and they have a hard time with these verses that I just gave you. Now, they're wonderful brethren, and they're saved, and they're on their way to heaven. I believe that with all my heart. And, uh, but but here's, here's one reason I know they have a problem with these verses is I used to be oneness. I used to be apostolic. I used to be Jesus only. 
All right? I was raised oneness. I was raised Jesus only. And, and, and they would have a hard time with these verses because here's Jesus in the water. We got the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove and the Father declaring. Hallelujah. Well, John baptized him. The Spirit of God descended on Jesus. And the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So the Father is declaring the sonship of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is there to anoint him. They all have distinct jobs. They all have distinct personalities. All right? The, the, the Father is affirming, the Holy Spirit is anointing, and Jesus is doing the works. Hallelujah. So we see all three members of the Godhead working together for the same purpose. The same purpose, the, the, the deliverance of mankind, the freedom of mankind. Now, the Holy Spirit will turn situations so that they result in your victory. If you look at the book of Philippians chapter 1, <coughs> if you look at the book of Philippians chapter 1 and uh, verse 19, <laughs> Excuse me. It says, Paul says, he's going through a challenge, and he says, I know that this will turn to my salvation. Now remember, salvation, soteria, sozo, all right, it will turn to my deliverance, it will turn to my victory, it will turn to my prosperity. So he's facing a challenging situation, but he says, through your prayer, so you're going to pray for me. And the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So Paul is referring to the Holy Spirit. <coughs> and what did Jesus refer to the Holy Spirit as? Our helper. The paraclete. One called alongside to help. All right, I will not leave you orphans. All right, but I will come unto you. I will send you another comforter. Paraclete, one called alongside to help. The Holy Spirit will and the Holy Spirit is turning situations for your good and your preservation. Right now, he's turning it. Why? He's a help. He helps us. Oh, hallelujah. <coughs> Do you see that? He helps us. Now, now, this tells me I have a part in the turning. I have a part in the preservation, but the Holy Spirit's there to help me. Glory to God. And when's he doing it? Right now. Because where is he? With us. He's with us. He's in us. He's helping us. Amen. Sometimes his help is, is speaking to us. Sometimes his help is directing us. Sometimes his help is teaching us. Sometimes his help is working behind the scenes and changing things for our benefit. But he is the helper, and he's helping us now. Glory to God. John 14, 26, again, Jesus calls him. He says, the comforter. He 
in uh, John 14 and 26, we read it earlier. But Jesus said, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when he whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said to you. One translation says, however, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, notice this, will teach you everything. Teach you everything. It says, he will remind you of everything that I have ever told you. Glory to God. So the Holy Spirit is on this earth and in our hearts to help us. This is so important. No Christian is ever without help. No Christian is ever without help. We have help. You and I, we have help. Hallelujah. I got to remember that. I'm not without help. I'm not in this alone. I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not doing this alone. I have help. Oh, hallelujah. Do, Do you see that? And so when I face situations, I have help. I have a helper, not just in my corner, in me in my heart, and with me. And, and notice what it said. He will teach me everything. <coughs> I know I refer to this a lot, but when I worked uh, in the uh, insurance industry, this was back when a lot of the programs that, that we uh, uh, take for granted today uh, were first coming out. And you, you, you've got to remember, everything... Every, every, uh, every position that I held in, in that company, I had to pray in the Spirit and seek the Holy Spirit for how to fulfill it. Because every position I held required a college degree, and I didn't have one. And uh, eventually, I became one of three, <coughs> excuse me, unit managers in, uh, in, a, in a company called Cornerstone Health Services, which was a subsidiary of Blue Cross Blue Shield. And uh, there were, there were, I was one of four in that area. And one day our manager called us into her office, and she, they were working on some numbers for some different things. And she said, I need you all to get an Excel spreadsheet all right, with these numbers, and I need to have this uh, on uh, Monday morning. Well, this was Friday. Now, it doesn't seem like such a daunting task other than I had never used Excel. It was a fairly new program at the time. I had never used Excel. I had never made a spreadsheet. I had never been asked to. I never had to. Well, immediately, the other three unit managers, I remember very distinctly, they were talking about how hard, uh, how hard it was going to be, how time-consuming it was going to be. I went back to my desk, and I sat down at my desk, and I just, I said something to this effect, Holy Spirit, you know how to work Excel. You can give me the wisdom 
I can tap into the wisdom that you have. And I just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And, and here's what came. The answer that came to me in praying in the Spirit was to call a young lady that worked downstairs. If I remember correctly, it was the accounting office. It may not have been the accounting office, but I believe it was. I do remember her first name was Stephanie. To call her, I knew her uh, from a previous employment. No, excuse me, I didn't know her from a previous employment. I had met her previously at this employer. But in any event, he said, call her and ask her what you need to do. <coughs> Amen. And I called her and asked her what I needed to do. And she gave me some directives and gave me some direction and some instruction. And I took her instruction and prayed in the Holy Ghost. And I had that report before the end of business. The other people took all weekend and didn't get it done until Monday. And, and told me that they had worked on it all weekend. Now, here's the thing. Naturally speaking, I was not the most educated person in that group. I was not probably the smartest person in the group. But I had the teacher. I had the helper. Do you understand? I had help that would teach me everything. 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 <laughs> You know, everything that exists was created by God. And, and understand what I mean by this. If you're dealing with numbers, numbers were created by God. Math was created by God. Languages were created by God. Oh, hallelujah. So if, if, if I need help in the area of finances, finances were created by God. He knows what to tell me. He knows how to tell me. Why? This is so important that you see this because the Holy Spirit knows your future like the past. You know, as human beings, we know our future better than, know our past better than we know our future. You can tell me everything you did yesterday <laughs> with approximate time. But you can't tell me everything you're going to do in two days. But the Holy Spirit knows everything you're going to do in two days. Amen. So when I present a, a goal or a plan to the Holy Spirit, and I say Holy to the Father, to the, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> and I say, now this is what I would like to do. This is what I would like to see. And if it bears witness with my spirit that it's the will of God, now I can depend on the Holy Spirit to help me bring that to pass. Because he's my helper. He's my helper. That's his role. That's his role in the believer's lives is to help, to teach, to guide, to direct. <laughs> That's his role. That, that was the role of Jesus with the disciples on the earth. And Jesus told the disciples, he has been with you 
the Holy Spirit, but he shall be in you. How is he with them? In the person of Jesus. And after Jesus left, he was going to send the Holy Spirit back, and the Holy Spirit was going to be in them. The Holy Spirit could only be in one man on the earth when Jesus was alive because Jesus was the only man that was spiritually alive, and he was spiritually alive by the Holy Spirit. The disciples weren't spiritually alive until Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And when they received the Holy Ghost, they were born again. And what happened? They became candidates for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And a few days later in the book of Acts chapter 2 in the upper room, the third person of the Godhead bodily took up earthly residence in in the spirit of those 120 that were originally filled. Oh, glory. Do you see that? <laughs> and on that first message that Peter preached under the power of the Holy Ghost, 3,000 people were born again. Why? Because the Holy Spirit gives your words power. It gives them uh, uh, authority. He gives them punch, if you will. And so that's a simple example But I realized early on, I have the teacher in me. And if I have the teacher, listen, the teacher will tell you things. If, If you try to parent your children without the Holy Spirit, you're, you're in for a mess. All right? Because the Holy Spirit will tell you some things. Amen. I, I remember two incidents. Uh, I was just sitting in, we were living in a townhome at the time, and I was sitting in the living room, and I was sitting on the couch, and the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, go up to your child's dresser drawers, and in the right top dresser drawer, in the back, underneath the clothes, you'll find a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> I got up and was going upstairs, and Pastor Michelle said, where are you going? I said, this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. She followed me in the room. I opened up the top right drawer, looked in the back right corner under the clothes, and sure enough, pack of Marlboros. Amen. Child came home. I had their cigarettes. I said, I found these in your drawer. You know how a child will be. Well, why are you going through my drawers? I wasn't going through your drawers. The Holy Spirit told me where they were. That child will tell you that she couldn't get away with anything. Amen. On another occasion, and I'm not just outing my kids. They were just kids. Uh, Pastor Michelle and I were going to go on a ministry trip. We were going to go on a ministry trip. And... uh, I want to say it just correctly. I was I was in our back bedroom, and I just felt led of the Holy Spirit to look in the closet in the back bedroom. Well, I looked in the closet in the back bedroom, and I looked up, and there was the attic access, and it was it was a jar. It had been moved. And I thought, hmm, that's it. I haven't been in the attic. I wonder what, what this is. Well, I I, I reached up to 
move it back, and I felt a bottle. So I moved it back and got up there, and there was a couple six-packs and a bottle of liquor. Hmm. Well, that child returned home, and I was sitting there with their liquor. And guess what they got to do? Go on the ministry trip with us. All right? Now, again, I'm not outing my children. My, my kids were kids. What I'm trying to say, do you see how the Holy Spirit was helping me parent? He was helping me, showing me things, not to get somebody in trouble, to rescue them, to rescue them. <coughs> Hallelujah. Glory. Now, the third and final point, the helper has to be yielded to. Notice Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And, and here's something to remember. Because he's a quiet gentleman, his leadings are not, they're not massive tugs or shoves or pushes. They're, they're leadings. They're gentle nudges. All right? You've heard people say, I just sensed a green light. Uh, I've heard people say, I just kind of got a velvety feeling on the inside. That's how he leads. Now, it may be with a green light or a red light for you or a velvety feeling or just a gentle nudge. With me, it's more of a, a consistent, gentle pressure. Like, like somebody's just pressing on me. When... when when, when I ask the Holy Spirit, should I do something, it's like I, I feel that gentle pressure either leading me or, or pressing me to do it. If, 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 if he doesn't want me to do it, I don't sense that. Now, I don't go by a feeling. I'm not talking about hearing voices and feeling a feeling. I'm talking about in my spirit. All right? <coughs> Hebrews 10, 29, it says... Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy who's trodden underfoot the Son of God and counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Now, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of grace. Here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, that grace does. He said grace turns your weaknesses into strength. So when we yield to the spirit of grace, what's he do? He turns our weaknesses into strength. When I don't know what to do, he'll tell me. When I don't know how to pray, he'll come alongside and help me pray. He'll turn my weaknesses into strength. And the final verse that we have is 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 19. Uh, four very important words. Quench not the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. Now, very often when we hear this phrase, quench the Spirit, 
It's like when we hear the phrase blaspheme the spirit. We think that it's an act. You know, that, that, that there's just some specific act that you can take to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus said the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit was attributing to Satan the works of God. All right? That's a very dangerous thing. When we talk about quenching the Spirit, I've heard people say, I've heard preachers say, yeah, the, the Spirit was moving, and, and that person got up and went to the bathroom in the middle of the moving of the Spirit and just quenched the Spirit. It's not what he's talking about. It's not what he's talking about. That, that can be a disturbance, but that's not the quenching of the Spirit that he's talking about. This word quench means to dampen. All right? Now, now here's what I want you to see. We think of dampen, <laughs> excuse me, as uh, uh, getting something wet, somewhat wet. But in this context, the context is a fire, all right? And if you've ever had an old wood stove or a new wood stove and it has a flue on it and you have a handle on the, on the, the smokestack and what do you close? The damper. Why? Less air, less fire. More air, more fire. How do you choke out a fire? Cut the oxygen supply. Right, if you've got a candle that's burning, you take the lid and put it on top of the candle. Candle goes out. There's no oxygen to keep it burning. You dampen the flue and you limit the oxygen. So the fire will burn greater or lesser depending upon the damper. Oh, hallelujah. All right? He says don't dampen, don't smother. How else do you put out a fire? You smother it. If, if, if you're camping, you can take sand and smother the fire. Smother it. He's saying don't smother the Holy Spirit. Don't dampen the Holy Spirit. I have to allow him to have a constant full flow in my life. Now, how can I dampen the Holy Spirit? Number one, by not listening. I can dampen or limit his ability to move in my life by not listening. <laughs> Secondly, I dampen his flow by giving my attention to things other than him where situations are concerned. i got to be cautious with that. All right? Now, now, understand what I mean by this. Wisdom from people is a wonderful thing. Your pastor, people that you trust. But here, here's something I've learned. If you know that you know that you know that you know that you've heard from God, there's not a need to ask anybody. This is important. I'm talking about knowing you've heard from God. I know I heard from God in this. Well, then I, I don't, I don't want to just, if, if I do talk about it, I want to talk about it to people that are thinking the way I'm thinking. I, I don't want to just discuss it with anybody. Don't discuss spiritual things with non-spiritual people. I didn't say unsaved people, non-spiritual Because they'll, they'll hamper the flow of the Holy Spirit. 
it can dampen it. So don't, don't, don't give your attention to things that are contrary to what he's saying. And, and then thirdly, once you know you've heard from the Holy Spirit, consult no more with flesh and blood. I've heard from the Holy Spirit. I remember one time Pastor Michelle and I were trying to make a decision in the church. And this was back many, many years ago. We were living in Gardner, Kansas. And, uh, and I had heard from God, and I knew I had heard from God. And I told her I've heard from God. And, and she brought the situation up again. And I just told her, I said, sweetheart, I don't want to talk about that because I've heard from the Lord. And if anybody can change my mind, it's you. But I know I've heard from God. Now, I was very, I was, I was kind, all right? I wasn't over the top on that. But here's my point. Here's my point. The Holy Spirit is the senior partner. I'm the junior partner. He knows more. I don't want to dampen or smother him out. Right? See, that's something that I can do. I want him to have his reign. I want him to have free flow, constant flow in my life in the name of Jesus. Amen? So we have to know the Holy Spirit. We have to know the leading with a certainty in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you tonight for what we've heard. We thank you, Lord, that, that uh, we can know the Holy Spirit with a certainty and that we always have help. Now, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that we would be even more in tune, that we'd be even more, uh, Lord, acclimated to his voice, acclimated to his leading and his guiding and his prompting. And Holy Spirit, we just set ourselves on a course to receive all that you have for us. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen.